Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. We're going to be teaching a series starting today called The Faithfulness of God. Now, now I know you saw my notes, y'all. I know you did. And I'm going to introduce it today. And we'll have, I think, um, two more, maybe three more uh, messages on it. And um, it's going to be, I think, something that you will be able to share with others. Because I think it's um, something that God wants us to not just sing about, but walk out, really. So we're going to start with the scripture. 1 Samuel, chapter 2, verse 30. Now, I know that some of you may think that, well, I know about the, I know about the goodness of God. I know about the faithfulness of God. Uh, so what else is new? It's just another message. This is not another message. This is a, a God message. And he wants us to meditate on, he wants us to pray about, he wants us to walk out how faithful he really is. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, uh, laying the foundation for the faithfulness of God. Let me ask you a question. Is God faithful to those who are not faithful to him? Are you sure now? Okay, let me, let's, let's read a verse here. Out of verse uh, 30 of 1 Samuel. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel declares, I did indeed say that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. He says forever. But, Now, the Lord declares, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Now, the good thing about uh, what we think and what we believe and things like that, we have to go to the scripture, don't we? Because the scripture is true. It's forever settled in heaven. So uh, what we think is true might not be true. What we think is not true might be true. It depends on what God has said. Now, this is a classic example of Eli. And Eli, in the backdrop to that, I'm explaining now, Eli had two sons that were uh, sons of Baal and, and, and sons of Satan, really, of the devil. And he, they were doing all so much evil stuff. God told them what to do with the sacrifices. They did what they wanted to do with the sacrifices. They lay with the women who came who were in the, in the temple area. They were just sons of the devil. And the thing about it is that Samuel knew. Eli, Eli knew 
not Samuel, but Eli knew. Eli knew that his sons were not right because people of Israel was telling him that. They were telling him that, you know, um, Eli, these, these sons of yours, they are not doing right. So Samuel told him, not Samuel. Uh, I'm looking at Samuel, but it's not Samuel. Eli told him, look, look, son, you can't do that. Now, if you sin against men, it's one thing, but if you sin against God, that is terrible. You can't do that. But what happened was he didn't, Eli did not correct his son. And you said, that's correction. That's correction. No, that's not correction. That's just making a statement. And, you know, you've told uh, people something before, your children something before, whatever, and they didn't do it. But Samuel had the capabilities of making sure that they obeyed him. And we as fathers and mothers and whatnot, when our children are small, we have the capability of making sure they do what we ask them to do. And that's why uh, the Proverbs tell us that you don't spoil it. You, you don't spoil a child by sparing the rod. You want to discipline your child. Does God discipline us? His word says he does. He disciplines those he loves. And God loves us, so he's going to discipline us. Now, let me ask you again. Is God faithful to those not faithful to him? You don't have to answer. This is just a question. Now, do you sometimes believe or think that, you know, God is not really concerned about me? You know, it seems like what he's done is created everything and in six days he rested on the seventh day and that ends it. In other words, he's saying that, okay, it's done. Everything I created is good, so I'll sit back at the right hand of the Father, and I'll, I'll wait till I come back again, and we'll straighten everything out. But you're on your own now. Have you ever felt like you're on your own? That somehow things are not working out like they should. I was looking at a, a, a top. I remember, I don't know whether you ever had a, a top that you could spin, and it'll keep spinning, then after a while it'll go this way, and after a while it'll bump into a wall. Have y'all ever had a top, some of you? Some of the men probably have it, maybe some of the women. You know, I, I was looking online, and they had this top that was run by battery, and you pull the thing up, and it starts spinning, and it'll, it keeps spinning and keeps spinning until the battery ran out. And... It seems like sometimes we, we're in the same mode, around and around and around. Now, the round, it might be going to work, coming home, eating, uh, doing some recreational stuff, uh, and then go to bed. Get up the next morning, do the same thing, do the same thing at night. And it's just a continuous thing. And it seems like you have no control over 
to changing things the way they are is the way they are. You know? Sometimes it seems like that to me. And I don't know about you, but I'm sure a lot of people, it seems like that to them. And uh, they believe that God has just abandoned them. But that's not the truth. That's not the truth. John 3.16, I'm sure all of you know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believed him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Now, <clears throat> if, God, if God were not interested in us, why would he give his only begotten son for us to bring us back into relationship with him if he was just going to leave us to fend for ourselves in a world that, that Satan is the God of this world? He's allowed certain things, but he's still the world system. Satan runs it. Now, you, you think, say, well, I don't think God would do that, will he? Well, I had this going on in my life, and God didn't do anything. This happened to this person over here. God didn't do anything. And we know of situations like that, that God seems to be absent. And I know that you're in church, and I know that you just finished singing a song about the faithfulness of God. So you, you wouldn't dare say, yeah, I feel that way too, especially after after Stella uh, and, the, and the team did so well with that song, sometimes people believe that God really isn't faithful to everyone. He's faithful to people who are faithful to him. He's faithful uh, to, like, like you say, like Eli. And you say, well, wait a minute. Eli didn't do anything. It was his sons that did something. Well, he took care of the sons, too, but he took care of Eli, too, because Eli was responsible for his sons. And you said, well, wait a minute. He said that they were going to walk before him forever. God, why did God change his mind? Because I heard somebody say that it might have been you, Stella, that he's unchangeable. So somebody said, well, when we read this, we say, wait a minute, wait a minute. God changed his mind. So that means that if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, God's going to change his mind of what he said about me, and I'm going to be up the creek. That's sometimes how people think. And it might be sometimes how you think. But I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I know we all have had some not so good thoughts about the, the God who we serve. It seems like sometimes he's not pleased with us and therefore he doesn't do what he said he's going to do. Sometimes it's like that. And I want to today dispel all of those thoughts that the enemy would send because 
God is faithful. He does care for his creation. He is at work all the time in the world, in the world system. If he were not, where would we be? I mean, you can see where we are with him active. Where would we be? God is not aloof and just hanging out with the Father. You know, the Son is not just sitting there at the right hand of the Father, and they're just laughing at us sometimes. They don't do that. They don't do that. God cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. He cares about everything about you. You know, he, he knows every hair that you had last night that you don't have now. Because uh, if we brush our hair or comb our hair, we know we lose one or two, <laughs> you know. But he knows. How does he know all of that from every single person in the world? God cares. He knows when a sparrow falls. He knows everything. Is that right? And we call that omniscient, don't we? He knows everything. Every single thing. And he cares. He cares. God is faithful. He is faithful. Let's um, kind of put some words there about faithfulness. What is faithful, really? Uh, some of the words that are uh, found in, in the, um, the study material that I have is trustworthy. Trustworthy. God is trustworthy. God is dependable. God is devoted to us. He's devoted. And when the enemy tells you that, well, you you can't trust God for this because that's going to depend upon you, and you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to do some things yourself. Have you ever heard somebody say, God helps those who help themselves. And that's a lie. <laughs> and I'm serious, it is. It's not found in, in, in the Bible. That I help those who help themselves. When you can't do something, then I'll step in. But, but I want to see that you're doing something yourself. I'll help you if you help yourself. We can't even help ourselves. What can we do apart from him? He said we can do nothing Apart from him. That's what he said. So if, he, if we can't do nothing, why do we try to do something apart from God? And so, well, you know, uh, he's, he's not, he's not going to do this thing here. So what I need to do is do it for myself. And then maybe he'll step in when he sees them having a little trouble. No, we're supposed to go to him first and ask him for help. And he will help us because he's dependable. 
He's trustworthy. He's devoted. He's loyal. He is loyal. He is steadfast. Steadfast. And if we think that human beings are all these, we are deceived. Because human beings cannot be trustworthy, dependable, devoted, loyal, steadfast without God. We just can't be. And if we could, we wouldn't need him, would we? But we can't. We cannot be these things without him. Anybody who trusts in man is deceived. The scripture says so. It's a snare to trust in man. I can't be dependable. I can depend upon him to move within me in order for his dependability to come out. If, if, if men and women could be dependable, we wouldn't have so many divorces, would we? Especially in the church, would we? We wouldn't have so many. But we need God for everything. But that's what faithfulness, our faithful God is. He's trustworthy. We can trust him. He's dependable. We can depend upon him. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. Well, then why did he change his mind about Eli? Did he really change his mind? Or did he really put things in motion beforehand? You see, God already tells us, look, if you do this right here, this is what I'm going to do. But if you don't do this, then it's not going to happen. Remember, he did that with Saul, King Saul. You know, he ended up saying, Saul, I would have, but now I'm not because you didn't do what I asked you to do. And that's always in Scripture. You know, they had one mountain where they had the blessings on it, one mountain where about the curses on You know, it, God always has most of everything set up so that you would desire to obey him. You have a, have a desire to do that. So it's not that God changed his mind. It's just that Eli didn't do what God asked him to do. And he's responsible for his sons. So let's answer that question, which was the title of the message. Is God faithful to those not faithful to him? Everybody should say yes. Did everybody say yes? He is. If it's all the way through Scripture, from from the he created the man out of the dust. He he made a woman, fashioned a woman from the river of the man. So two people there, and you would think that the odds against them doing right is pretty good. It's only two of them. But we found that one 
was deceived and the other one was not deceived. He just sinned. And you said, well, man, how did that happen? You know, it, it was not um, a whole bunch of people, just two of them. No. God is the only one that's faithful. He's the only one. He's the only one. And no matter how perfect we could be, we're not going to ever be perfect in this body. When we get our other body, we're going to be pretty good. we get rid of this body, <laughs> you know. Let's look at a few scriptures uh, on the faithfulness of God. There's so many in the Bible, so many. I just picked four just to remind us. Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 22. 23, let's look there. It says, the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. Do you believe that? Never ceases. His loving kindness never ceases. For his compassions never fail. Never fail. And those are some words that um, I would tell people, never say never. Never say all. All of you all, you know, against me. Never say all. Never say never. But we can say by God, his compassion never fails. Never fail. They are new every morning. Not just some mornings. Every morning, verse 23 says, Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Was that part of one song, Stella? From the King James Version. Great is thy faithfulness. Thy faithfulness. I'm telling you, this scripture tells us that you can rely on God. You can trust him. He's steadfast because this verse, if we didn't know any other verse, we say God is always compassionate to us. And all you have to do is read the Old Testament and Israel, how many times were they Unfaithful to God. How many times did God have to be compassionate on them? How many times did he have to show loving kindness to him, to them? Because it says his loving kindness never ceases. And aren't you glad? Because that was his people, and, and, and they needed compassion all the time. They were always messing up. Always messing up. See, I said always. But they, they weren't always messing up. So I was wrong. They're not always messing up. But the majority of the time, they were messed up. The majority of the time. Even when they came across the Red Sea, um, as much as he did for them in Dividing the waters, putting the wind to blow the 
the wet ground so they can come over on dry ground. They get over, Miriam and the, and the women there, tambourine, and everybody, and then they have in a, one provision, and then they complain. And that went on all the time. So God is not that way. I'm so glad that we have a God that never fails to show compassion on us. I need compassion. (laughs) Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19. God is not man that he should lie. Or the son of man, that he should change his mind. Now, that tells us something else about God, doesn't it? Now, you know that then God is always faithful because he just said that. I don't care what the, how we break it down, look at it, and in, in, in every uh, biblical dictionary or everything else you have commentary. God did not be unfaithful or lie to Eli or to the any of his people, did he? So something went wrong, and God had already they fell into the situation where. Um, they couldn't walk in what God had already prescribed for them because they walked in that which he didn't prescribe, but that was already set for them. So God does not lie. He never lies. He's not like us. And he doesn't change his mind. And we change our mind, don't we? I hear three says, mm-hmm. we change our minds, don't we? We, we do. One, one year we're this way. Another year we're this way. One year we'll, we're friends with this person. Two years down the road, we're not friends with this person. See, God is not like that. And sometimes we think of God like we are. Yeah. We're not, we are one way, but God is, a, is perfect. He's perfect. Never changes his mind. What he said about you, that's what he gonna, he's going to bring to pass. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? So it tells us that God is faithful because he's going to keep what he said. He's going to do what he said, and he's going to not allow anything to bring his word to uh, not be true. He's, come, he's going to bring it to fruition. He's going to do that. And, and I can say, thank God. Thank God for that. Psalm 36, 5. Your loving kindness, O oh God. O oh Lord, extends to the heavens. 
That's his love and care, his mercy. Your faithfulness reaches to the sky. My goodness gracious. How, how far do you think the sky goes? Does, does it end with the, just the spirit of earth when you, when, you, when you get out of the pool of gravity like the, the, the ones that go to the moon or something like that? You think his faithfulness in when they get it into you know, space? His faithfulness, if it did, they wouldn't, they wouldn't come back. <laughs> they, they wouldn't. Matter of fact, wouldn't make it. God is faithful. He's faithful. Let me read you another one. He's so good. Whew, he's so good. Psalm 119.90. Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Oh, my goodness gracious. That means that we have some people here that's more than one generation. Matter of fact, um, Nancy, you have somebody here who's a different generation, right? Because Ed is here. And Ed is your son, right? So he says, God says that (laughs) through all generations, that means Ed's children, he's choosing heaven. That means his children's children, his children's children, his children's children, his children's children, his all generations. How many generations can you get? Yes. They don't stop until he come back. To the end thing. Other people have generations here. Right? That's your mother besides, isn't it? George? That's your sister. Okay, your sister. Where's your mother? Well, she was here last week. Huh? She wasn't? Oh, she died. Well, I, I can't hear you. I'm asking. She has hair? Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought it was your mother I was talking to yesterday. I mean, last week, this is your sister. Okay. <laughs> I know I have two generations here. You know, I have two generations here. I have my daughters here. Yeah, I have two generations. Uh, anybody else have any generations here? Okay. And and that that's to me when he tells me that, I said, Okay, God, thank you so much. You are so faithful because you said that your mercy is your faithfulness gonna continue through all generations. See, sometimes we'll say, well, you know, we don't know whether uh, we're going to have uh, this when our children grow up uh, because it, it might give out when you're talking about the, the government uh, gives money uh, when you get these 60 some years old or whatever, you can get, get, get money. They say it might give out. God's mercy is never going to give out. I don't care how many generations it is, it's never going to give out. So, Don, you can know that God's mercy is for Lily. 
which is another generation. When you have children, it's going to be still there for your children. It's going to be there for all generations. Now, I like that because we all want our children to be blessed by God, don't we? Well, here it says so. Now, God's faithfulness, let's, let's look at it from another angle. Let's look at 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, that confess means to agree with. If we agree with God that we have sinned, he is faithful and one verse says, just, and this is a righteous, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, so I can say, God, this verse tells me that your, your, your faithfulness, God, is so great, I can make a mistake. I can sin my mistake, but I can come to you and I can confess my sin that, God, I agree with you that your word says this and I did this over here. I have sinned. I agree with you. I'm going to repent of that sin. I'm going to change my direction. I'm going to go from one way, turn 180 degrees to another way, and I'm going to walk the way you want me to walk. I agree. I have sinned, God. It says you confess your sin. He is faithful and just to forgive your sin, and not only to forgive you, he's going to cleanse you. And, and I want more than forgiveness, because how often should we forgive somebody? As often as they sin. I mean, we could say, you know, this time, this, but it's continuous, because if you don't forgive others, he's not going to forgive us. So uh, we, can't, we can't do that. We're going to have to forgive. But he says that I'm going to not only forgive you, I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to cleanse you. And our sin can be as red as scarlet. Is it scarlet red? Red as scarlet. But he can cleanse you. He can cleanse me. And I'm so glad that, that that's a privilege that I have being a child of God. It's a privilege you have of being a child of God, knowing that your God is a faithful God. Your God will not only forgive your sin if you agree and, and repent. Not only will he forgive you, but he will cleanse you. You won't even know that you sin because you're going to repent. You're going to change your direction. You, you agree with God it was sin, and you are going to go a different direction, and he is going to cleanse you, and it's going to be like when people look at you, they won't see a red dress, you know, they won't see, you know, this color of clothes is white. It's white because he cleanses. I said, oh, man, that's good, God. I like that, God. And we can memorize that scripture, uh, and, and I'm sure most everybody has it memorized also, all, all the time. But, but we, we should not only memorize it, 
we should understand what he's saying is that we have to we have to agree with him. Sin is sin. Don't don't try to uh, you know wrap it up in a, in a nice wrapper. Sin is sin. Agree with God what that sin is. Turn from it and ask God to forgive you and cleanse you. And he's faithful. He will do it. He will do it. Because the price has already been paid, hasn't it? You know, we celebrate in, in, uh, the death of our Lord and Savior when we take our communion. And that's what, that, that's what it says. He's paid the price for our sin. So God is just to forgive us our sins because they've already been paid for. So he can forgive us and be righteous in doing it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has taken you, and you know the rest of it, don't you? No temptation has taken you, but which is common to man. God is, come on, faithful, who will not allow us to be tempted above that which you were able to will with the temptation, make a way for us to escape and be able to bear up on it. God says it, and and we should memorize it because that, that is a, my goodness gracious, that's another awesome one. Another awesome one. No temptation. No temptation has taken us, but since it's common to man. You know, whether you're saved or unsaved, you know, you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted. In all cases, like we were, yet without sin, Scripture says. So we're not going to be without temptation. But he says, no temptation has taken us, but which is common to man, all people. But God is faithful. He's not going to allow us to be tempted above what we're able to stand. But will with the temptation make a way for us to escape from it? And you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, about, what about King David? Whoa, oh, he fell into sin. The scripture is true. Let the word of God be true and every man a liar. So if God says he's not going to allow us to be tempted above that we're able, we know that somewhere God allowed David to get out of that, but he didn't do it. He didn't do it. God is good. Second Thessalonians. Chapter 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Some versions leave one all says, you know, protect you from evil, but it's the evil one. Uh, now, just think about it. This verse tells us the faithfulness of God. Not only will he allow us not to be tempted above what you're able, not only will he forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, but it says that he will strengthen us and protect us from the evil one. Now, that is faithfulness, isn't it? Because the evil one doesn't care anything about us. Satan doesn't care anything about us. He's, on, he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy us. He doesn't care. But God cares. 
God said, I will protect you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to strengthen you so you'll be able to withstand stuff that, that comes your way, that Satan put temptations in front of you. I'm not going to allow you to be tempted that which you, above that which you are able. I'm not going to allow him to uh, uh, just destroy you. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to protect you. My goodness gracious. What a mighty God we serve. You say, uh, I know all this stuff. Why are you telling me this stuff? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to hear about the faithfulness of God. And you say, we're going to do three messages on this. God is worthy for us to be talking about how faithful he is. He is. Much as he's done for us and doing for us and will do for us. And we don't want to spend four messages on his faithfulness. Man, we should be praising him about his faithfulness all the time. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know, therefore, that the Lord, your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness his mercy to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. That should inspire us to be before God more to strengthen us because he said he would so that we will be able to keep his commandments. And it's two that we really have to do. And that'll take care of the rest of them. The last scripture I want to hit is Numbers 23:19. It says, God is not man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken? And will he not fulfill it? God is faithful. He's faithful. Now, for all of you here, I know that I'm just preaching to the choir, as people say. But there are people who watch our services that's not here. You know? Isaac Augerman, he's not, he's not here. We've got people who, who kind of waiting a little bit to this COVID thing blow over. But uh, they watch the services. We have people in North Carolina, different places who watch our service from time to time. There are people who God will will just put in their heart, hey, um, check out the internet, see what you see, anything you like. And, and a message might pop out at them. He might send, send them directly to the message because he wants them saved. And so we want to offer salvation every Sunday. But not only the people here, 
because hopefully we'll be inviting our friends and relatives and neighbors, neighbors and all those things, and, and you want them saved. You don't want nobody to die without salvation because they'll be forever without God. This message of God's faithfulness, even though you're not saved, God's still going to be faithful, but not like he would be, um, because if, if he weren't faithful, you wouldn't be living, really. Every breath you take is from God. And, and so before we receive salvation, so the communion, I want to make sure that those in our audience are, are saved. You have to realize that Jesus Christ died for your sin. All of our sin. And he rose again for our justification. As if we hadn't sinned. Just as if we hadn't sinned. He's a propitiation for our sin. He's a full payment for our sin. Those in the Viewing it, God has paid the price for you to be reconciled to God and be with Him forever and ever and ever eternity with Him. But you have to give your life to Him. You have to, you have to say, God, I receive that which you have paid for. I give my life to you because you paid for my life on the cross. And I want to give my life to you. I want to be with you. Turn, come in my life and save me. If you say that, and with the sincerity, he's going to save you. And so we want to receive communion at this time. And you already have the elements. And if you don't have the elements, um, I know those in our viewing audience, you might not have it. Just run to the kitchen and get you a little juice. <laughs> little crack or something, and we'll, and that you can receive it with us. Oh, okay. Thank you. The cracker is right there on top. For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And we had given thanks. He broke it. Father, I thank you for your body that was for us, Lord. It's for us. I thank you for that. You went to the cross for us so that we didn't have to go. You died that we didn't have to pay the price, the penalty for sin, for disobedience. You paid it for us. You you were a perfect sacrifice when you walked there. And we thank you for that. And we received this bread together, Lord.
scripture says, take, eat. This is my body, which is for you. This do and remember for me. And we remember, Lord, the price you paid for us. After the same manner, also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Just do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do so to show the Lord's death until he comes. So we thank you, Father, for the blood that was shed on our behalf, Father. We thank you for that, Lord. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. It cleansed me. It cleansed us. And it's cleansing all the time. And we thank you, Father. They sang a song and went out from the room. We're going to sing. At least they're going to sing. And we'll sing along with them together about the goodness of God, the mercy of God, because I think it's very appropriate to go out, especially with reinforcement on the goodness of God. Because now we've heard a message on God's faithfulness. We sung about it beforehand. We're going to sing about it again. And uh, it's just reinforcement. Reinforcement. So can the worship team come back up please? So that's why I asked you how long it takes you to get a song ready. Because I was going to get one ready for the day, but you'd already had practice by that time. So. Will you stand, please? Now, we're going to sing that song a little bit, with a little bit more enthusiasm, enthusiasm than we did at first. Because God is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful.
thank you, Father, today as we worship you, as we sing into your faithfulness, Lord. We just thank you. And we love you, Lord. Help us to walk out this faithfulness when it seems like things are not going our way or things are going the way it should be. Help us to trust you and what your words say. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Go in peace today. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net 
or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.